Tijuana. Hello and welcome to this episode of Saved by the Belial, an atrocious Ultraman podcast, the show where we only have three minutes, well, I guess this time, to talk about an issue of Ultraman. I'm David. I'm the colorist, Chris. <laughs> and joining uh, us is the other half of Monsters vs. Men, Alex. Alex. Yeah. I don't know if he's the monster. I, I, didn't the know if I, had inter- I didn't know if that was like a pregnant pause, like, Oh, Alex, you got to jump in here. No, uh, no, my wife hasn't been pregnant for like a year, so that was definitely not. Can I touch your stomach? (laughs) Oh, I see what you did there. But how are you doing, Alex? Uh, I'm doing doing pretty good. You know, I just, I'm glad you all were running a little behind because Mm -hmm. I was behind on reading these comics. (laughs) (laughs) I kind of wondered, I was like, how, like... He's he's gonna push this off, but I didn't know how far you're gonna push it off. I, I was I was I was skating by like lunch break. I was reading like was, was, that's fair. Yeah, it was last minute. Yeah. <laughs> to be fair, I read four issues last night, and I read one this morning. I mean, I've read them before, but I'm like, uh, yeah, I'm procrastinating. This was my yeah. this was my first go through. Okay, this was my first go through. Oh, fresh. So yeah. yeah, fresh. Perfect. All the excitement and joy is bubbling inside me i can't wait to share it so before you talk about yourself because you love doing that oh. uh i thought this would be a moment for me to kind of share why we're having you on um not only were you <laughs> i'll be honest still one of my favorite episodes of kaiju apostle podcast was the king kong escapes episode it was so much fun so it obviously was. we enjoy having you on but i know you're into comic books and not just like oh hey i know who superman is but We've had talks about how that's something you actually care about. Whereas someone like me, I don't. So I can appreciate people who have that perspective. And we agreed, hey, let's have Alex on more than once. So you are our resident comic book guy, apparently now. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah. yeah. I'm not quite as up up to date as I used to be, but I was at the comic shop for many years uh, wasting way too much money. Four dollars mm-hmm. <laughs> adds so up. Much. Huh? Four dollars adds up. Yeah, when, when they did the, when they did that price hike from three to four for like everything, it yeah. just it really crunched down. And then when you have a kid, it really makes it crunch down even more. <laughs> and they're like, "Hey, That's you right. get a digital code," but then they take away the digital code, and it's the same price. And you're like, "Wait a minute." Yes. And now, then your Comixology account's missing months worth. Yeah. 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 Exactly. And the but the good thing is, like, in the digital age, if you can't swing going to the comic book shop every week and you don't have the space to, like, accumulate comics, I mean, you got, like, Marvel Unlimited, DC Universe, and, like you said, mm-hmm. Comixology. And that's, that's like, uh, if you put it all together, what? That's maybe not, that's not even 150 that's probably $200 a year, maybe. Mm-hmm. If you did all three of those, that's a pretty varied subscription, and you'd be good. Like, you're six months behind at most on everything, pretty yeah. much. But you'll be, I think everyone's surprised by how recent six months feels sometimes. Yeah. Well, even Marvel, they updated theirs to three months behind. Yeah. Oh, wow. So, yeah, they did that when DC got theirs to six months behind. They're like, okay, well, we'll, <laughs> we'll move it. Can't be right. like those guys. But, uh, yeah, Alex, so talk about yourself a little bit. I mean, you are the other host of Monsters vs. Men. So, Mm-hmm. What was your, because I know you're the one who approached Eric in doing this. So share a little yeah. bit about that, about yourself, um, just anything you think our listeners would be interested in hearing. 
yeah, I, I was the one that approached Eric. He, you know, there's a lot of ideas in the early incubation period, especially for me, because I like to throw a million ideas at something. And one of them was, which I'm glad we didn't go with, <laughs> was uh, kaiju and kung fu. Was going to be called. <laughs> I remember and, you saying that. Yeah. <laughs> so every other every week, one week would be a kaiju movie. The next one would be a martial arts movie. <laughs> so they're like two really understated genres that people don't really talk about over here in the states. And so I thought like they would kind of go hand in hand in a way. They don't really, but I, for some reason I thought they might. <laughs> um, but then I eventually got him latched onto that idea. And when he did, uh, we he didn't really talk about it when he was on your Ginga Part Two episode. But he was the newbie when he started, and mm-hmm. I thought I was the expert. <laughs> How yeah, we students have a real way of taking over the show. <laughs> exactly. I, yeah, it was kind of baffling to to get into the community and realize I know nothing, mm-hmm. which really humbled me. And then when Eric finally became a fan, like the whole thing was like the whole premise of the original show was got up in smoke, essentially. But we're still plugging along. Mm-hmm. You know, he, I know he mentioned some of the series that where you've already gone through, but. It's been a great time and seeing Eric come a long way and like kind of understand special effects at least a little bit is kind of been nice. Right. (laughs) I like the new ones that you've been doing, honestly, a lot more than some of the Godzilla ones that you've done. I mean, just maybe it's because you guys are more matured and as like a show, but even the host episode, you know, I just got done listening to that, you know, your colossal episode, like these are some of the best conversations y'all have had. I agree. And you know, it's funny you say that a couple of nights uh, or a couple of episodes ago a- after we got the recording, Eric is like, we're getting really good at this. <laughs> okay, like, yeah. let's calm Humble. down, Eric. <laughs> now we have to cocky. say three bad things to outweigh it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I was like, yeah, two years in, we finally got it, Eric. <laughs> <laughs> Yay. Yeah, but oh, I, I agree. Like our more recent conversations, I mean, you all kind of ran into this, I think, with some of the Godzilla stuff you're going through. It there are there is so much similarities between some of the movies that it does kind of feel monotonous, and you're mm-hmm. kind of trying to pull things out. And there's definitely some meaning, but when you've seen that meaning three times in a row, yeah. it kind of loses <laughs> yeah. its luster. Yeah, and so. There is a little struggle there, but with these movies, especially the, these mo- this modern era where every movie we're doing from week to week is very different, mm-hmm. it has really, I think, put it's it's increased the quality of the show. I think, yeah, for sure. I really hope you guys do the ritual because I was looking at that. I'm like, this is not the kind of movie I'd normally watch, but I am so incredibly intrigued by it. I can tell you right now, live on the show, exclusive, exclusive. If our other pay, or if our other Patreon producer has not made a decision, then I get to tell you right now. All right, it's the ritual. <laughs> Subscribe for five dollars a month to their Patreon as this episode <laughs> comes out, like a month and a half after recording. <laughs> yeah. Subscribe so, for five dollars a month anyway. Yeah, and, and if you are listening to this late and you haven't listened to ours, and we did Psycho Gorman, then something happened before midnight my time. <laughs> Which I did watch the trailer for Psycho Gorman. I mean, it looks fun. Don't get me wrong. But for me personally, because I've I've seen all the movies y'all have discussed so far. This is the first batch where I actually will have to watch a movie. And I'm like, I don't know. The ritual just it's it's out of my comfort zone. So I'm really intrigued by it. 
I have seen a teaser for the ritual. It was like a 30 second teaser in the mm-hmm. theater, uh, either early, like really, I mean, obviously early last year or end of 2019. I can't remember when I saw it. And I remember being like, oh, wow, that looks interesting. And then I've never seen anything about Cycle Gorman. So I really don't have much knowledge mm-hmm. about either one, which is really exciting because it was, it's been the, that way for a lot of this series. Like I haven't seen both movies a lot of times. Yeah. I just wish you guys would have done the mag. Well, uh, you know, this is coming out a month later. There's a good chance that we've already started doing other ones that got voted. <laughs> okay, good. good. <laughs> have you watched the mag before, Chris? No. It's absolutely ridiculous. There's there's no substance to it whatsoever, and it's just absolutely wonderful. It's awesome. The only disappointing thing about the Meg is that Jason Statham doesn't roundhouse kick a shark. Right? Roadhouse. Yeah. It would have been great if The Rock would have just showed up out of nowhere, though. Oh, it would have been body slammed a Megalodon? Yeah. That would have been cool. Hobbs and Shaw. Yeah. We're Maybe. really doing this kung fu and kaiju thing like it's a backdoor pilot you, right now, huh? I'm t- I finally got some people to get in on it, and this is the first episode of kaiju and kung fu. So <laughs> surprise! What was it? There's there's a movie coming out that's supposed to be like gangsters. It's like a heist movie and kaiju, and I've been wanting that for so long because gangsters? you talked about this on MBM. One of my favorite Guy Ritchie movies. One of my actually, I think in general. One of my favorite movies, probably my top 20 is Snatch. It's such ah, a good movie. It is good. So just to see like the idea of like a Snatch and Kaiju movie would now, be are you, awesome. I don't know what you're talking about. I know Suicide Squad has a Kaiju in it. The new one. No, it's a, let's see. Heist. And heist movie with a Kaiju in it? Is it yeah, Ocean's Eleven Story it. Monster? So it's called the Kaiju Score. That sounds awesome. Yeah, <laughs> it will be a heist movie set in a monster attack. So... Described as a Quentin Tarantino film taking place in some corner of a Godzilla movie, the kaiju score follows a heist that takes place during a giant monster attack. And honestly, that sounds pretty cool. I so mean, it's it based on every a, upcoming graphic I didn't novel. know I wanted. Yeah. What right? is Quentin Tarantino? Does it mean I'm going to see the kaiju's feet? <laughs> <laughs> uh, I mean, wow. I'm sure there's some people that would like that. But anyway. Oh my God. Oh, this is awesome. Apparently, is this a comic book originally? Yeah, it's the comic. I don't think it's come out yet, but it's based on an upcoming comic. Yeah. Wow. You know, you've made it when you're got a movie being made about a comic. That's Before they've even read it. Right. So, yeah, I'm Impressive. excited. I just, it's such, we're talking about Colossal. It's such a unique idea. And this is the kind of stuff where I'm like, we need to be seeing more unique monster movies. And I'm so, I'm, I'm all on board. Yeah, this is awesome. Okay, cool. I'm down for that. Hey, so you've been nicer to me about my listening habits of Monsters vs. Men, uh, which already makes you my favorite. But I'm, <laughs> I have heard rumors about some bigotry towards men named Oscar. If you'd want to fill me in on that a little bit. Listen. I am. Oscar's a jerk off. Okay. Oh, <laughs> censor that. <laughs> no. Um, Oscar, why are you bringing up my biggest beef? Huh? <laughs> <laughs> All right. Yes. I don't like the Oscars. I think it's because I had a passionate love for the Oscars and then Oscar broke my heart hmm. and I'm just not quite the same since it happened. Yeah. But no, like, yeah, I, I'm, I have a, I have a beef with the Oscars. <laughs> I don't like them. I, I think they have fallen from grace. Hmm. 
Actually, they probably always have, and I just realized it, and then now I'm bitter about it. Um, but yeah, it's one of the things I'm more cynical about. <laughs> probably. We'll grant it to you. You haven't listened to our bonus episode yet, but no, I absolutely agree with you. It's it, it's for any redeeming quality about the Oscars, what happens behind the scenes and what happens as a result overshadows all of it. I just I think it's so funny. <laughs> just your your diatribe about it like it's like i agree with you but just so you got so heated i did i got heated eric didn't understand that i understood that there was a fallacy in my thinking like i understand that eric we're human we contain multitudes but that's but that's rare nowadays though right most people aren't gonna acknowledge that yeah so no i get it i i really do because we talked about in our bonus episode about parasite i'm like it's a great movie but it's like so telling that when you have so many like celebrities and public figures praising the movie i'm like it's so tone deaf like there's this should be a movie that absolutely like challenges you but you're just like oh this is really good like come on people And yeah, like the Oscars is all these rich people celebrating themselves. I'm not one of these eat the rich people. I do think that why most not? of these celebrities are completely yeah, I know. That's from what reality. I'm like. I mean, why not? No, no, no. And, and that's okay. I am like maybe eat the billionaires, but um, <laughs> yeah. I, I do think that it, it's the things like you said that happen behind the scenes with the Oscars that really are upsetting. Like the people don't even watch the movies. They just right. Don't. Exactly. So yeah. the, the people aren't like required to watch all the movies. Mm-mm. So they're going to vote for their friends. They're going to vote for the person that had the best campaign and maybe gave them the best prizes. They're going to be doing these types of things because they're not required to watch the movies. They're not required to have any sort of integrity in their voting process. So the whole thing is a joke. Yeah. 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 And it, it's, it's unfortunate. It's, you know, I, I referenced Neil Postman in our last episode, but you know, the fact that it's just like it, it shapes so much of the discourse around films where it's, it, you're, you've mentioned it in your episode, like there's so many good movies that don't even get nominated and they don't, that's the problem is if they don't get nominated, they don't enter the discussion and that's not fair. You know, yeah. it's, it, it is unfortunate to see that way it, it plays yeah. out. Yeah. And, and there's exceptions to the rule, obviously mm-hmm. regarding what I'm about to say, but it's almost like the discussion now, like in the current state of the Oscars, is after it hurts a, or hits a certain level of commercial uh, success, it's no longer eligible for the Oscars. <laughs> like, there's almost like, a, and there's exceptions. I understand that, Eric, if you're listening. <laughs> but, but for the most part, it does fun- seem to function that way. Like, the discourse has gotten narrower and narrower in scope. So let me ask you this. How upset were you when Black Panther didn't win best film? Oh, I was, I didn't think it deserved to be there. So I'm just kidding. Yeah, I'm totally just okay kidding. with that. So <laughs> you've watched more Ultraman than Eric. So yes, what are your thoughts much. about the different series you've watched so far without spoiling anything for Chris? Okay. I won't, I won't spoil anything. I will. I'll very quickly list off what I have seen. Mm-hmm. So for reference for people listening. That way you can kind of know where I'm coming from. But Q, OG Ultraman, Ultra 7, Ultraman Returns, I've been working on for almost a year. (laughs) (laughs) I know Eric said it took about six months. It's taken me even longer. I started it long before he did. Uh, We're going to have to edit our schedule. (laughs) 
<laughs> I've seen Ginga, Ginga S, X, Orb, Orb Origins, Geed, Z, and then all the Zero stuff and mm. the anime series on Netflix. What so have you seen? I have seen quite a bit, uh, at least the Mill Creek releases. I do yeah. have them all. I'm just not caught up yet. Mm-hmm. Um, I, it's Ultraman, <laughs> the Return of Ultraman told me back <laughs> a little bit. Which um, is funny. But, you guys say that. I got through it in like four weeks. Well, it, it's it's for me. I'm not to where maybe Eric was with mm-hmm. like struggling struggling to get through it because of its quality. It's actually completely because I burned myself out on Ultraman. Yeah, yeah, I get. That. I burned myself out on Toku and mm-hmm. everything because I was going through. I was blazing through modern Ultraman series. Mm-hmm. I remember really that. fast pace, and I was watching Common Rider, and I was watching like Godzilla and Gamera for the show, and it's just like. It got to be too much. Like, I even started Sentai. I got, I'll barely started Sentai. And then I started watching Power Rangers with Gwen, and it's just too much. <laughs> like, I went from full tilt to completely stopping, which means <laughs> I'm probably due for another full, full tilt here soon. Yeah. Um, but you just finished well, Dragon Ball Z. And I, oh, I did. Oh, man. I, I am not so Garlic Jr. Bit. included or excluded? Included, sir. Okay, good, Included. Good, good, good. I, I'm currently actually going through all the movies from Dragon Ball. Even the live action ones I've discovered two of. I'm not going to watch Evolution. I'm not doing that to myself. Yeah, <laughs> and then, yeah, I'm going through the Z movies and then I, I'll, I'll get, I'm going through GT right now. It sucks. What? You know, it, it has some neat moments. I, I think the Android what? stuff. After, I was the right age for it, probably. Yeah. Well, I. I Here's when I when I say it sucks. I mean, I say it because of this. It tries to go back to drag. <laughs> we are so off course. <laughs> it tries, have you listen to the show? <laughs> it, it tries to go back to its roots with Dragon Ball, mm-hmm. which is an excellent series. It's better than Z, even though I like Z. It's better than Z. It tries to go back to those roots, but it still has this weird '90s edge to it. Mm-hmm. Really, yeah. it's not jiving with me. Like that, I want to keep watching it, but. I'm going to I'm going to keep powering through cuz I'm not hating it. It's just like this is really odd. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like you know it it's got like the edgy really like strange. guitar intro. Yeah, even the intro then... or like <laughs> Super 17's like cut off sleeves. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's very like grunge, Dragon yeah, Ball grunge. And then you could tell Toriyama isn't involved because some of the designs are not Toriyama. Not Dragon Ball at all. Yeah, and so there's elements Baby? of it that no. I'm just, Yeah. Yeah, so there's just a lot of elements. I'm like, there's, I appreciate what they're going for, but it's not hitting it. Mm. And so I'm once I get through GT, I'm gonna go to Super, and then I'll be happy, I think. But um, as for Ultraman, this the thing that this podcast is about. Um, <laughs> it is. Uh, yeah, I, what I really do like about Ultraman is the positivity, mm. and it's something that spoilers uh, this comic does pretty well. I really like the positivity of Ultraman and its optimism. Even when committing, like you all said in the episode with Eric, genocide is like, it's still pretty positive. <laughs> right. <laughs> but, but really, though. Gotta it, look on the bright side of life, right? Well, yeah. Like, one of the things I really like about, especially the later series, I'm not sure about the mid eras because mm-hmm. I haven't seen them, but I like that they examine what it is to kill these monsters. I, I guess they did that in OG as well for one episode. They kind of reflected on like what they had to do. Was it the right thing to do? They're just monsters. 
blah 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 like I, I like that they ruminate on these types of things it's not really uh pessimistic at all for the most part which i really like and the common writer i would say is probably pessimistic in a lot of ways just a little bit well i've <laughs> just... got i've got two two quick fire more questions all right and the first one is if you could have any comic artists doing a variant cover for ultraman who would you pick? Well, the thing is, Alex Ross did the first issue of this, Amen. which is he would have been my pick because he's just absolutely stellar. But if I had to pick someone else, I'd probably go with uh, James Stokoe. I, I can't. I don't know if that's how you say his last name. Stokoe. He he did uh, Godzilla Half Century War yeah. and things like that. And he's like his pencil work and his I mean his line work and his detail are just like so next level. Unlike anyone else in the business, his, his artwork is so unique. And so, if he did a scene of like Ultraman fighting a monster in a city and buildings are falling down and collapsing, it would be gorgeous. Sure. Absolutely gorgeous. Like better than anyone else could do it. Um, and then, what did you say? What was the second part of that question? I haven't asked it yet. Oh. I am asking it now. <laughs> All right. Here's it's a hypothetical situation. Okay. Check okay. with me. Tell me if you lose me. All right, next episode of Saved by the Belial is doing the uh, Mighty Morphin movie, okay? Next episode of Monsters vs. Men is doing the Big Friendly Giant. And we're giving each other one of our co-hosts. Which Saved by the Belial co-host do you want to do the movie with? Uh, You, Chris. Thank you. (laughs) That's fair. (laughs) Wait, wait, wait. Wait, for BFG? Yeah. Uh, well, which, which of the two do you want? And then which of the two I of want us do you want? You and want? me with Mighty Morphin because you okay. know all about all, right. all that it. stuff. Thank you. Thank yeah, you. I, want the, I want to deal with the expert. You and me have talked the least. I feel like we ought to get to know each other better. Mm-hmm. Maybe we can get closer, you know. You can invite me to Thanksgiving. See, I would, part of I being would. a mature adult is acknowledging just when you're out of your league. And that's yeah. Good. And it's kind of fun. <laughs> you take the student of this podcast. And then David takes a student of the other one. Perfect. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'll take you under my wing, but this time the student will become the master. Uh, we don't talk about Star Wars on this show. Oh, no, <laughs> never. <laughs> so uh, I have some notes here about how we're going to do a bonus episode down the road due to scheduling conflicts. And 25 minutes into this episode, I think we already did it, but <laughs> we may still do one just for... Uh, scheduling purposes it's not going to happen tonight but um before we get into the actual issue discussions because we've already spent enough time so (laughs) i want to really ask some questions here about marvel being the one to tackle ultraman so i don't know if it'll come out before or after this episode but we had a chance to talk to someone about marvel and subray having this relationship and there were a lot of people online imagine that being upset that marvel was the company to handle ultraman so do you being the two of you did you have any initial expectations hopes or fears and like what do you think about the creative team that were tasked to handle this franchise uh I think they did. I think the creative team does a great job. Now, as for everyone's apprehension beforehand, you, you get it because a lot of people don't understand how licensed properties work at a lot of these bigger companies. They think that, 
Ultraman or Spider-Man is going to show up at Ultraman. They're going to be teaming up and then you're going to lose all the essence of Ultraman. And it's a big company taking over a licensed property. I get it. But if you actually look at Marvel's history with with taking over IPs, like when they took when they did uh, Stephen King's Dark Tower, they did it comic book form. It's really excellent and it's really tied together. It's completely separate from anything else. And it's just like the solo story that goes all the way through. And it's like wonderfully done. The art's excellent. And there's nothing to complain about. So I, I get people's apprehension, but they did a good job with this. And I think the creative team, which I'm pretty unfamiliar with, actually. Uh, Higgins, I've actually read one of his Spider-Man stories that he drew or that he wrote. And it was it was all right. Um, but... He's really new to the game. He's been in for about four or five years at most. And then the... uh, No, wait. He did a really long Nightwing run that was supposed to be really good now that I'm thinking about it. Um, But Jorge Molina, he is... He's actually pretty new, too. He's just done a few things. He hasn't done much at all. So for two... Given two people relatively inexperienced, even though Higgins had the the really long uh, Nightwing run. I think he did the new 52. Um, I think that they did a great job. I don't, I don't see anything to complain about. What about you, Chris? Yeah, well, I'm more familiar with Higgins because he did the first 30 issues of Mighty Morphin. Oh, okay. Yeah, so he he did, he started it off and then brought, brought it all the way up to Shattered Grid. So he did, he did quite a bit with Rangers. So based on, based on a lot of like, I love the way that he and Mighty Morphin brought the original team up into the modern world without bringing it to be too, like, um, relying on, like, the, the it was still felt like Power Rangers. They just had cell phones. Mm-hmm. But <laughs> the fact that, like, once he hits Shattered Grid, where all of the Ranger universes come together, it's, like, very clear that he watched the series. It's very clear that he knew how most of the characters worked in the context of their series. And could bring that character into a different series and not lose the essence of who they are. I think, um, I mean, if anyone's read it, like, Jen, the Time Force Pink Ranger, in the context of Mighty Morphin, was, like, so well done. So I actually was really thinking that he's going to come into this watching at least one series. He's watched all of OG Ultraman. And I'm watching this, or I actually read this before I watched the OG Ultraman which was a super interesting experience. And I'm pretty sure I'm going to be, I'm going to be unique in our listeners, but I don't think I'm going to be unique in the Americas Mm -hmm. of having that experience. But I see what he's pulled a lot of it. And I see like, I think he's adapted it well to a story or to the comic, but I don't, we don't want to talk about it specifically yet because we'll get into it. Yeah. What I would recommend doing is there's a podcast that unfortunately they did not keep producing episodes for us usp dead drop so it's kyle and matt groom the other writer and uh god i can't remember the other guy's name um some connection to the ranger podcast that they did but anyway oh matt uh, i don't remember what his name is but uh they they do get into kind of what led up to this happening and some of the behind the scenes stuff some of the artistic and uh, narrative choices that they made, but it's very clear that it wasn't just watching the original Ultraman. They probably binge watched all of the available Ultraman that they could get uh, to try to make this as robust as possible. So 
I definitely would recommend checking those out. They only did three episodes, which is unfortunate because they were doing it for each issue of the comic and then they stopped all of a sudden. So I think uh, it's probably because I can probably guess that the Ranger Danger cast, um, the head of that guy actually is like writing now, like uh, a lot. Like they just okay. had a Kickstarter for this really cool look. Oh, Matt. Yeah, yeah. 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 That, that so, would make sense. Yeah, because Ranger Danger had to take a little bit of a step back on its... Um, they used to have um, Ryan Paradon to talk about like each issue of Mighty Morphin and Power Rangers, but even that had to stop. So mm. okay, it's really unfortunate, but yeah, I definitely recommend going back and checking those out. Cool. Well, check those out when you've got us. Right. And you can subscribe on Patreon for $5 a month. Yeah. Who, who needs to be a bargain base mite? All right, right, Alex. That's right. You ready for That's issue right. number one? Chris has plugged our podcast more than he's ever listened to it. I know. I know. <laughs> Real talk. <laughs> oh, <man. laughs> I'd like to report a murder. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. <laughs> well, thank you, Chris. so the the podcast (laughs) (laughs) so issue number one in the darkness there looks kaiju terrifying and unfathomable monsters between kaiju and the rest of us stands the united science patrol But who are these enigmatic defenders, and how do they perform their miracles? Shin Hayata and Kiki Fuji have spent half their lifetime trying to find out, and their quest is about to drive them toward a decades-old dark secret and put them on a collision course with a mysterious warrior from beyond the stars. Kyle Higgins, Mighty Morphin Power Rangers, Matt Groom, self-slash-made, and Francesco Mana, Avengers, Reimagine the classic origin of a pop culture icon as the rise of Ultraman begins. Starts out with a bang, literally. Yeah. <laughs> with like started... the weirdest crash. He just know. drives underneath it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's like, it's just like, I'm going to want to get hit by this, I guess. <laughs> Where is it? Boom. Boom. <laughs> yeah. Should have looked up, I guess. Yeah. See, I thought it was interesting that like the first character we meet in this comic is Dan Moroboshi. Mm-hmm. Like that already is like, okay, so you, you don't know if they're just pulling names out of a hat, but it's definitely a bold choice. Yeah. Uh, Especially it, for me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. I'm, like, yeah, I'm, like, I'm following this guy. Yeah. <laughs> now I know Dan is a favorite in Japan. Mm-hmm. Uh, Ultra Seven is. And so uh, that doesn't surprise me that they would pick him in a way, but it did surprise me because I expected this, uh, this series to just almost be a retelling of the first, first yeah, series. I did too. And when we went modern day, it blew my mind. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't expect it at all. I had no idea. Yeah. So that was pretty cool. Yeah. How do you guys feel about the USP though? This is not, you know, this is not your typical science patrol. No, because even I love the way that even the text blocks edited some of the 
Um, like in the one of the early pages, the primary weapon of the USP in the war against, and it like blurs out the word kaiju as it like. It's, well, at that point, you don't know yet. You know? Yeah, that's true. Yeah, yeah. I, I just I just kept thinking they're missing some S's. They need a couple more. <laughs> <laughs> that's what I kept thinking. It actually like, aggravated me a little bit. But one of the things I did like about this issue was like the the horror reveal of Telesdon. Mm-hmm. Telesodon. It, it was so cool. Like you have these gigantic pieces of meat that are bleeding in a red room, and it's just so awesome. Yeah. It's so cool. And it, it's cool that it's a smaller monster, right? We're not getting to like this ginormous, you know, Ultraman sized kaiju. And you're like, well, how are we going to defeat it? Like, it's actually like things that they think they can handle at this point. Yeah. Well, and yeah. even even him coming in, Shin coming in with the K ray to just blast him from the side, like the way that's animated, super bright. And yeah, we were like, okay, I guess there's something they could do. But. Mm-hmm. I love the way it ramps the tension up the whole series. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Cause I was, when they hit him with the K ray, I was very surprised. I was like, that seemed pretty easy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, right. but that's what I'm loving about this story. Cause, you know, Chris and I were talking about in our last episode when you read all at once, you know, this like K shape, K ray foreshadowing. Like maybe it's not their firing energy so much as they're transferring it. And yeah. It's it's interesting to see how that plays out. So yeah. All right. So issue two: the histories of two worlds, the experiences of two lives, and the destinies of two heroes must reconcile as Ultra and Man struggle to become one. And if they don't, neither will survive. And as Shin fights for his life, Kiki searches for a way to save him—a search that will bring her one step closer to the dark secret of 1966. Yeah, we didn't really get to dive into this dark secret. I'm still waiting to see it. I'm (laughs) suspicious about whether this thing is really as dark as we think it is. But uh, I I will say I really like the whole conversation about why Ultraman is there. Mm -hmm. And it's so different from everything else we've seen uh, in any of the series. I I just really like like that. He's like this harbinger almost of like trying to save worlds. It's so cool. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. That's that. I, I've heard some criticisms about the comic series because this idea that, like, you know, the ultras are showing different species how to evolve and they are the ones who deem civilizations capable or incapable of evolving. Right. So that is different. But that's why I like it is because it's different. Mm-hmm. I don't want to see a retelling of the original series. I want to see something that only Kyle Higgins and Matt Groom could do. And yeah. that's what we're getting here. You're right. That that conversation between the ultra and Shin. What I love is that you actually see both of them learning from each other, right? Because then the ultra is convinced like, well, maybe there is something about this person that's indicative of the rest of humanity. And it's this idea that like, we can actually repent of what we do. You know, we can make these mistakes, but that we can learn from it. Right. Mm-hmm. And we've we've talked about this on the show so many times. Ultraman is counter cultural. This is not the kind of stuff that you're going to hear everywhere else. And that's what I love about it. And yeah. I think one of Higgins strengths is he does this in Mighty Morphin as well. And where you get the story that's set in 1969, where Zordon has an original team of Mighty Morphin Rangers that he sends to the moon 
to fight one of the Psycho Rangers, and they all get murdered, except for one, and the, or two. And, like, the series plays on this later, where, like, they come and you, you deal with these former Rangers in the present. And I, I was really looking forward to it. I, I understand this was a miniseries, but, like, Trials is already kind of suggesting that these dark secrets are, are coming up a little bit more. Mm-hmm. So I, I think, Alex, you're right. There is a sense in which does a miniseries have a duty to set up the ongoing that's coming eventually? Or should it really just kind of focus on itself? And I wonder if it would have been different if this was Trials of Ultraman 1 through 5. And then Trials, what we know as Trials 1 was number 6. Because it does make it an interesting miniseries to realize it's not really self-contained. It yeah. never was. Yeah, I think that's a good point. Hmm. Yeah, Com- it's the medium that is comic. It's so interesting because, I don't know, to me, this is something I'd rather see as like a movie. Mm-hmm. But I love that we are getting a comic too. Like the visuals are. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. All right. Issue number three. First of all, Chris, have you noticed how much better these descriptions are compared to what we're used to? Oh my God. Someone <laughs> edited these. Well, did, they did. Hey, did you notice that your description for issue five is not complete? Uh, wouldn't surprise Uh-oh. me. Who's reading that one? Me. Wait, no, mine mine's complete. No, it's just issue five. It. We'll we'll worry about it. Okay. We'll worry about it. Weird. <laughs> On my end, it's complete. Okay. Oh, okay. All right. So issue number three. Overrun by Kaiju and pinned behind enemy lines, Kiki could really use the help of a newly merged Ultraman. But <laughs> what went wrong with the merging process and how will that impact our hero? With that to deal with, Shin must also decide whom to trust. The benevolent-seeming but deeply secretive USP or the bitter whistleblower Dr. Yamamoto. And a wrong choice could cost him everything he holds dear. (laughs) So dramatic. Honestly. (laughs) Just like Dr. Yamamoto. (laughs) Right. Hey, hey. Real recognizes real, okay? (laughs) Yeah. But what I do like about this issue is the... And they, they mentioned it a little bit in the previous issue, but the establishment of how these creatures get through. Mm-hmm. And it's like the humans, the humans cause it, but it's not in some like tired, tropey way. Like we've been polluting, we've been mm-hmm. nuking. It's like, no, it's our feelings. Yeah. <laughs> our feelings are bringing these things through. Mm-hmm. And it's like those unresolved feelings that are damaging everybody around us, which mm-hmm. I really like. It's very Ginga esque. Ooh, yeah. <laughs> or Ginga S-esque. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I know I've mentioned it before, but this is what Dino Xenon's doing right now, and I love that idea, um, which I think, if I remember right, they kind of take from Ultraman 80 a little bit. But, yeah, it, it's it's weird because, again, we kind of mentioned it before. It's interesting to see the fact that, like, the Ultra is willing to reconsider some of his views because mm-hmm. when you have uh, uh, Shin talking with director uh, Ichinotani, you know, and ult- the ultra recognizing that, like, you know, maybe they did just lash out in fear, right? It mm-hmm. wasn't malicious, but that wasn't what he said initially, you know? So it's cool. Like, that's to me when I'm looking at Ultraman comic, like, or really just even these shows, we don't typically see the host or the, the actual ultra having a personality like this. Mm-hmm. At least, I mean, mm-hmm. some of the shows you do. But it's not typical. So I like seeing that because to me, 
that I, I don't know. There's just something very compelling about a otherworldly figure, like an Ultraman, like learning yeah. and changing. Well, especially in that conversation that you mentioned with the director, when the Ultra is like, uh, hey, these are, you're telling me this is the director of the Science Patrol? Maybe we shouldn't trust him right now. Mm-hmm. Like, it's, mm-hmm. it's, you're like, Alex, you're pointing out how hopeful a series is. And this isn't cynicism. This is like reality. Yeah. But it's still, it's still interesting because he's still like, ah, I don't know, man. Like, we've, we've kind of got burned by this guy and we've only known him for 10 minutes. So, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's true. I guess that is like the only thing that someone could call out probably as cynicism in this whole thing. But even mm-hmm. that, like you said, it's not cynicism. It's it's wariness. Reality. You mm-hmm. you've got to be careful around people you don't know. Like mm-hmm. you got to have faith that they're going to do the right thing, but yeah, you know. Well, and right after limits. a failed merger too. Like yeah. that's such an interesting way to explain like why he doesn't just ultra all the time, but mm-hmm. say like, oh, "We didn't really do this right. How am I going to trust someone who's not in my head?" Mm. For both of them. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well. Hey, that's see, what it gets for starting while the thing's already going. I know. That's right. Well, I was, I've was. i been thinking, like, while I've been listening to the show, like, I'm surprised that you all aren't, like, every Ultra show where you just do whatever you want when the timer goes on. That oh, we timer did tonight. Might, that three-minute yeah, timer tonight. might be 20 minutes. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, we did tonight. I, I had my soapbox moment. Um, oh, look at you. Okay, so yeah, let's just talk about it really quick. The cliffhanger, before you know what the K-Ray does. I it's think awesome. it's awesome. Yeah, it's such a good cliffhanger. I'm not typically a fan of that, but this works really well. And I it actually, to me, it works better knowing what it is. But mm-hmm. that's just me. Yeah. It so. actually makes it more sinister. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. It, well, it puts some skin in the game. It's the first time we've actually seen stakes, mm-hmm. like someone actually possibly that we like dying. Well, we saw stakes in the beginning. Remember, they're in the the slaughterhouse. <laughs> yeah, I remember his Chris, scratches don't on his you arm. Dare look at me like that. <laughs> oh, I. That one went over my head. I'm uh. embarrassed. Oh. <laughs> That's incredible. Oh. oh man, you're talking about having beef, and then you know I just tell you. You right. tell that kaiju I'm a vegetarian. <laughs> you're gonna have to wing this next description. I just noticed. Oh, all right, all right. Wait, am I? Yeah. What? Oh boy. Okay. I can't wait to wing. The so thing you I seriously seen can't yet. see the descriptions? No, no, no I it's see the it. same one as okay. issue three. Wait, issue oh. three. No. Oh, oh, I see what you're saying. Okay. All right, give me a second. Well, so it, issue three is that one because it has the the Naranga, remember? Oh, yeah, and she does get overrun by Kaiju before yeah. she goes to the monster. Yeah. All right, so I've got the next description. I can I can do it. Okay, cool, cool, cool. Yeah, so confusing. <laughs> I, I was like, I know I didn't mess it up that much. Okay. Well, they said enemy lines, and she's yeah. not behind enemy lines until she... Oh, whatever. All right, I'm ready. Are okay. you all ready? Yep. All right. The truth of the 1966 incident is within reach, but the final steps toward it will require breaking promises. 
crossing dimensional barriers and witnessing true horror. And when the dust settles, the truth will come out. But that truth will sever bonds, shatter dreams, and leave our hero to fight alone. 20 minutes later. (laughs) (laughs) What a lie. Yeah. Ultraman is never alone. (laughs) He's always got shin inside him. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. So Um, I love. Go ahead. I love the way the kaiju turned into the the artist description here. Like, so like uh, unhinged and kind of freaky. That mane and those eyes. I don't remember the name of it right now. That's probably not a surprise. Are you talking about the first one that she sees when she gets over there? The one she's like wrestling. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That that one's awesome. It's Gabra. It's from Ultra 7. He's awesome looking. He looks so good in this comic. Yeah. He's like, I almost didn't recognize him because of that. I didn't either. (laughs) I had to look him up. I was like, is this it? I don't know who that is. Yeah. So, did you recognize the train, Alex? No. Because is it the train from is it the train from Ultra Q? Yeah, I didn't know that. That's the only train I could think of in the series. Yeah. So I figured it had to be the one. <laughs> That's yeah. awesome. Such That's like awesome. such an Easter egg. Yeah, it was absolutely cool. Uh, but don't think I didn't miss Skydon showing up. I know. I know. <laughs> but that's <laughs> the way the way Skydon's drawn here, though. It like. It looks it like, look him, like him, but it doesn't. You know, it's yeah. it's nice to have that unique take. Um, so I I what I really like about this issue is even though the USP is really shady, um, you 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 start to see why they do what they do, right? So mm-hmm. they understand that yes, this kaiju vault or the limbo as we now know it, it's gonna burst, but they're weighing out the cost of what's worse letting people know that there are kaiju and feeding into that fear and then more kaiju come around or we can keep putting them in this limbo until we can find a solution. And the problem is if you don't deal with your problems, you're probably not going to find a solution. And that's what we're seeing here. Yeah. Cause I I can see a lot of people being like, Oh, this is a, this is the, an allegory for pollution. And I, I don't think that that's a good comparison because, like, we're actively working towards solving that, mm-hmm. <laughs> whereas these people have just put it off, kind of like. Well, I mean, they're they're trying uh, to me during it college, out, but, yeah. uh, just putting things off. <laughs> I just think it's 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 human tendency, right? We just want to push yes. our problems away, and we don't want to actually deal with them. And that's where the ultra talks about. It. It's like, no, like we would put these things into limbo, but eventually the the species would have to figure out how to solve these problems. These problems yeah. never go away. Mm-hmm. And now we're seeing it's much worse. So. Yeah. All right. Let me get that episode five, descri- uh, issue five description for you, Chris. I was going to fill in the blanks. Uh, I guess. Just make up your own story. Yeah. Bring in the power and it, as late as it is, it is going to be a rocking story. Where where does it cut <laughs> off for you? Uh, one final blank. Oh, weird. It's one yeah, final. It's a big cliffhanger here. Just <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right, so we're gonna fill in the blanks a little bit on this one. The house of the house of ideas has kind of let us down on these descriptions. Uh, with every step comes an earthquake. With every breath comes fire that melts steel. Witness calamity incarnate. Bemular. 
But if, <laughs> even if Ultraman can slay this dark beast and prevent catastrophe, it'll be too late to prevent the birth of a new world, leaving one final cliffhanger. One final battle? One, one final, final Ultra? One final Power Ranger? It could be anything in the world of Marvel. One final Skywalker. Do you want me to do it? Do you want me to do the last part? Yeah, do it. Final decision to be made that promises to forever change the destiny of humanity. Wow. I still like Skywalker better. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Can we just can we just kind of take a minute to appreciate the patience that we didn't get big Ultraman until page three of issue five, right? Mm, yeah, I appreciate it. I was glad to have small Ultraman. Yeah, yeah, especially as a as an anime like fan of the Ultra Ultra anime Ultraman series. Like I'm a huge fan of it. It's Ultra maybe anime. one of my favorite Ultraman. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I was totally down for small Ultraman. Mm. But even the the transformation panels, it's really a splash page that they kind of impose panels over. I thought that was a pretty interesting. Oh, that was a pretty fun. It was a fun way to recreate like the growing experience from the show when it is just a frame, bigger frame, bigger frame. Yeah, I thought the splash page was a really good way to recreate that. Yeah, and the action is really well done. Like it's <laughs> it's really clear, but it's really like kinetic. Like when he there's a moment where he does this kick, and it just looks great. Mm-hmm. Like he really knocked it out of the park with his art in these big scenes, which are hard to do. Yeah. Mm-hmm. See, my favorite stuff with the art is the ambiguity. Like they really further that ambiguity of who is in control or like who is it, the Shin or Ultra, right? And you really mm-hmm. start seeing they're almost becoming inseparable. Like just those small little bits. I don't know. Like I, again, I'm not a big comic person, but I've been hooked on this series. So if that speaks to the talent, I, I, I think mm-hmm. it does. Well, and we also get like our optimism. We see optimism change somebody. We see that mm-hmm. Doctor Yamato, which I really mm-hmm. like. Like he he actually has a foolproof plan. Like if he kills Ultraman, then yeah, awareness of this kaiju is going to go through, and it might even kickstart some of the research to actually solving this issue. But Ultraman or uh, Hayata convinces him otherwise mm-hmm. with his optimism, and he decides to help him, and then he just disappears into the night. Mm-hmm. But I really like that change because of a, a human optimism yeah which is funny because we don't want to get into it too much but trials number one takes that in a different direction i think mm-hmm. but yeah interesting i just let's just appreciate the fact that we get ultra q at the end of this issue like it's mm. such a cool backstory and that's where i was like okay they're clearly setting up something big here Especially when you realize, like, okay, so you have another Ichin Otani here, right? What's his connection to the director? But then, like, the connection with Odd Morheim and the episode from Ultraman, when I realized that, like, first of all, her eyes are so freaky, but there's got to be something super dark here, and I'm so freaking excited. Now, you can keep going. I, I, keep I know going. the issue's over. I just want to ask you a question. Yeah. So was your Ultra Q story at the end of issue five? It should have been the backup of issue one. That's no. what mine was. Yeah. Okay. Oh, okay. Well, I guess in, okay. going in the trade, that's where... Oh, yeah, shoved all the way in the back. Oh. Yeah. I, I love the little Pigmon stories, too. Yeah, it's the Kaiju steps. I Okay, so I, I was confused. I'm like, I'm reading this, and I'm like, wait a minute. 
I felt like this was in the first issue, but I didn't even think to. Ah, yeah. But yeah, it's uh, a <laughs> those Pokemon. Yeah, we should have an whole episode dedicated to all these rules. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. <laughs> Trials adds a few. But well, that's... yeah, I love the I love the if your if your experience of reality seems shifted, there's a kaiju <laughs> nearby. Oh, is that it? <laughs> <laughs> is that the one where he has a lobster hand? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> All right, it's awards time. So let's go ahead, Alex, if you could give us your most beautiful kaiju. Uh, I got to give it to one that I think is in general ugly, but he's really great in this, and that's Telesodon, Mm -hmm. because he is beautiful when he shows up. Mm -hmm. Horrifyingly beautiful. He's almost like a xenomorph, the way he appears, because he drops Mm -hmm. from the ceiling. Yeah. I love it. Oh, it's absolutely. Like, if that was in a show, it would be horrifying. Yeah, unless it was an Ultraman up. TV show, then it would have been hilarious. <laughs> would have farted. <laughs> what about you, Chris? Uh, what was the one that I didn't know the name of that I just talked about? Gabura. Gabura. Yeah, that one. Yeah. Really? Yeah. That was All sick. right. Yeah. I've got to go with Pigmon. I mean, I was like, if Chris wow. doesn't do it, I'm going to do Skydon, but you didn't choose Pigmon, so... And this yeah. is, like, chibi Pigmon, too. I know! <laughs> I know. When we watched the episode from the original one when he sacrifices himself, all you like it see is chibi Pigmon dying for our sins. <laughs> oh, man. What about your yeah. uh, Monster Graveyard Award, Chris? Uh, when, when they, like, snake the Golden Gate Bridge support over Bemular's neck before they blast him with the Spatium Beam was kind of sick. Yeah. Yeah, I'm going to have to like come up with different awards for next time because there really only was one monster who got destroyed here. So, yeah. well, well, we did see, I mean, yeah, you're right. Only one. Actually, no. Uh, Ultraman, uh, was it called Spacium Beam? Oh, I guess he did the, it. He did it to two guy. of the monsters that showed up at Yamamoto's. Yeah, yeah the Narangas. So there yeah. you go. And, and it was a twofer. So there yeah. you go. Yeah, it was a little bit, it's like, oh, crap, there's even more. Like, mm-hmm. yeah. So, I, I I mean, I went with Bimular, though. That whole fight, it reminded me a lot of, actually, Godzilla. Like, the the bridge there, for some reason, reminded me of Godzilla 2014. But, yeah, it's awesome. Right <laughs> what about you, Alex? Uh, I actually had, even though it's not technically a death, because he just gets sent back to the monster graveyard, mm-hmm. or whatever we're going to call it. Uh, when uh, Kiki fights Gabura mm-hmm. and she actually defeats him one on one because that thing is terrifying. Oh, yeah, one on one. So when she beats him, it was pretty cool. I just love the reveal that he's still alive. Mm-hmm. That'd be so frustrating. <laughs> yeah. So, how in the heck did he get away with that award? Uh, obviously, there's no surprise that he's Ultraman in this, so I kind of bent the rules a little bit. Um, mm-hmm. I was impressed by the fact that Shin was able to not only transform into Ultraman and not only like Fuji didn't lose her mind because that would be such a big deal. But then he just becomes a member of the USP. Like that's impressive. So I've got to give him credit. It's quicker than the kid. Yeah. (laughs) What? What's his name? The little kid in. um... (laughs) Oh, Shino. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I'm going to give you? it back to the splash page with the panels. That, just, uh, that was a great way to trans- translate it to the comic page. Yeah. 
No, I, I agree with you for sure. What about you, Alex? Um, mine, I actually had to go with, uh, my, I should add another word on this. Uh, how the heck did they get away with that murder? And that's, uh, ultra seven crashing into Dan <laughs> completely murdered that, that poor man. Except <laughs> he doesn't. You, you kept reading the comics, right? I, I, I saw him up mm-hmm. here, but let's be real. He's in that situation because ultra seven can't drive. Yeah, that's very true. <laughs> Yeah, so we know how he ended up there. Yeah, driver. All right, Alex, it's your award. The aim for its butthole award. Uh, it's Kiki's line. Can't you just do that cross-armed laser thing? Which is uh, how my dad would probably describe the move <laughs> to somebody. <laughs> That's amazing. <laughs> which I just, I just really liked. I mean, even Cece would be like, what, what is this? <laughs> What? Okay, Dad. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Ultra yeah. Dad. I mean, the thing is, I, yeah, I would probably describe it like that too. Though sometimes where I'm like, I can't think of what I'm trying to say, and yeah, the cross-armed <laughs> laser thing. Yeah, Chris, what's yours? Tell me what yours. Um, doing. so if we're going for like things that don't translate well, it's the heart of the award, right? Yeah. Um, Best out coming of context up, line. Yeah. Shin naming Ultraman was probably the most American part of this series. With the chopsticks. Where, when he's like Ultra Man, Ultraman. It, it felt like early 2000s comic movies when they're tripping over themselves to say the comic name without embarrassing themselves to death a little bit. So. Well, did he introduce himself as an Ultra at one point too? Mm-hmm. Yeah, but just to get to the word Ultraman, I thought yeah. it was a little like I could see that. The 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 worst example I can think of this was in Agents of Shield when Lucy Lawless was in it and the absorbing man showed up the first time and they they find out what his superpowers <laughs> is and she goes, The absorbing man? That's the way I read this <laughs> yeah. line. The line I chose was from Kaiju Steps with Cadet Pierre. He's like, I thought I could trust Jurassic Park. Oh, jeez. Uh, well, yours was funny. Mine was kind of a critique. I know. So, Higgins, know. if you're listening, I'm sorry-ish. All right. So, what was everyone's favorite issue? Kaiju Steps. <laughs> what? Okay, that seriously. Was the best issue. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'll give you that. What about you, Alex? Uh, probably issue one, because it took the... It immediately established the series was going in a different place, mm-hmm. I thought. Yeah. And, but my only issue with that issue. is that it teased me with 66. And it didn't give me any 66, which is a bit disappointing. <laughs> Look at Chris's face. <laughs> I can do it. I know. I know. What? See, no. I went with issue number four. I just, I think. You know, they've been setting up the USP as being this shady organization, which obviously they do keep going with that. But it really helps me kind of put myself in their shoes and being like, okay, yes, I don't agree with what they're doing, but I can understand why. Right. Mm. And I think my favorite line comes from Yamamoto, where it's like, you can't work for the USP and come out clean. The question now is, how dirty will you become before you figure it out for yourself? 
Hmm. And I'm really curious to see how that plays out because if I have to say anything about this comic series so far, there's nothing in here that's just a throwaway line. They have been very particular about everything they're yeah. doing. So very curious to see how that plays out for Shin Hayata. Yeah. Uh, now, is that the issue where we get a flashback of Yamamoto and we see that they're wearing like the mat suits or it looks like mat suits? I, yeah, think, I so. think that was the one. Yeah. Yeah, that was cool. <laughs> that was cool. Yeah. I, w- I was disappointed we didn't get USSSP suits anywhere. Yeah. I don't know. Well, you, you might have to you might have, have to wait three trials. Mm, I'm yeah. excited. I'm excited. I, I was I for some reason before I started this series thought there was a Q backup story for every issue. I know. I was I was really disappointed when yeah. I got done with issue two and there's nothing there. <laughs> yeah. It's definitely a bummer. So Yeah. All right, Chris. Lay it on us. Bring it on home. Man, well, you know, I think part of it is just this, who do we trust in? And they had to learn to trust in the one who came from the land of light, who became human in his death, that that the ultra man who died and came to life again to save us from the forces of death, breaking in from another dimension. And even when someone like someone like Yamamoto who was supposed to be on the side of the Ultraman would kill him just like Jesus Pierce did to him it's such and then even even his space beam is in the shape of a cross I mean he can't get more he can't get more than that but just like the secrets of the science patrol were given to the world everything that's under darkness will be shouted from the rooftops when the Ultraman comes to judge again the Ultraman appointed by God to be judge of everything Oh, so good. <laughs> <laughs> that may be one of my favorite ones you've done. That's good. That's good. You're right. That's all I can say is you're right. Yeah. Checkmate atheists. Checkmate yeah. atheists. <laughs> all right. Chris, what are we uh, doing? Well, what is our next episode? Not what we are doing next time, but what is our next episode? The one that's airing after this. Yes. We are getting into highly rated, critically acclaimed, critical darling, Ultra 7, episodes 1 through 10, the invisible challenger through to the suspicious neighbor. This is the one where Ultraman d- discovers next door and tweets, is that the Uber Eats guy or does he not live here? <laughs> <laughs> We discover that Ultra 7's actually racist. (laughs) You know, one of them has to be. All right. So before we close, Alex, I know Chris has already, he's he's promoted your show more than he has ours. Subscribe for $5. So if you could tell people where to find the show, maybe some things to look forward to, uh, obviously keep the future Mm. in mind. Um, But yeah. Yeah. Um, you can find our show on all podcasting services. Oh, and it's MVM or Monsters versus Men. Uh, you probably have to type it all out, or not? You don't have to type B. We have to type verses out, but BS because we're pretty hard to find on iTunes actually. Uh, so it's Monsters versus Men, and go on there, look us up. We're currently working through the 21st century movies that have been all been voted on. Uh, they get voted on Twitter. They get voted on in Patreon. If they get split, then our executive producers get to pick. 
If they're split, then me and Eric get to vote. If we're split, we decide the wives get to be. <laughs> and then if, if they're split, then we're going to have someone do a death match in the front yard. I don't oh, know. Awesome. <laughs> I hope it gets to that point. <laughs> me too. Me too. Um, so in the future, I think we're going to be, I, I know at some point, it keeps getting pushed back. I know we're going to do Universal Monsters eventually, Ooh. which is going to be fun. Yes. Dive back into the past. But I know Evangelion's on the horizon. Whenever that one's announced, we're going to be doing an Evangelion series. Whenever we get the stateside release for the final film, that mm-hmm. is. And then... Scarlett Johansson's. Yeah, hopefully. <laughs> hopefully she just voices all the characters. She would get be in a the good, robot, she would be a Scarlett good Johansson. <laughs> yeah, yeah she, she'd be a good Shinji. Yes. <laughs> yeah. So we're just kind of going through a lot of things we really don't know right now. Uh, we're kind of really loving 21st century, so we might stick around a little more than we initially intended. I also do another podcast, 13th, 13th Floor. It's, uh, it's another podcast I do. It's conspiracy theories. I do it with my wife and my friend James. We talk about yeah conspiracy theories, aliens, uh, cryptids, uh, just everything weird going on, like weird science, and just... Look up MK Ultra, everybody. It's real. Oh, it's horrifying. You'll never trust the government again. And then, uh, yeah, find it. 13th Floor, it's on all podcasting services. It's black, white, and red. It's pretty standout. So, yeah. I've listened to a few episodes. It's fun. Not my thing, but it's fun. Yeah. And then when you have a really bad uh, guess on, you kick them off, and then they review bomb you. Yes. Yeah, that, that that's happened a one story. Time. We had two very rude guests. They got kicked off, and they they gave us two one star reviews. That's fine. That's okay. <laughs> I won't do I'm that not, to you. I'm not bitter. Yeah, I'm not bitter. So to reiterate, <laughs> you have uh, mbmpod.com that you can head to. Uh, you're oh, on yeah. Twitter, twitter.com at mbm underscore pod. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can email us at mbm uh, mbmpod at gmail.com. Uh, you can find us at, I don't know, Eric does the spiel, I can never Thank you to it. Rock Band 2, Senora <laughs> yeah. Honda, yeah, all that <clears throat> stuff. Don't, don't say Rock Band 2, just Rock Band. <laughs> oh, okay, I'm sorry. <laughs> we did Rock Band 2, though, man. Yeah. <laughs> all right, so everyone, thank you for listening to this podcast. So while it's easy to get caught up with reviews, we really do just want to hear from you. So whether that's sharing your opinions on an episode or issue that we covered, If you want to point out one of the many mistakes we made or you just want to talk, feel free to send us an email at atrociouspod at protonmail.com or head over to atrociouspod.com where you'll find our contact form for listener feedback or even prayer requests. Until next time. Weird things, alien podcast. It's a lot of fun. Um, yeah. Find us <laughs> Did you just somewhere. fart, Chris? <laughs> I, that's only that one you recorded. You might have to pitch us <laughs> on your conspiracy theories again. You got interrupted. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> I'm going to save that for the end. That'll be after the outro. <laughs> <laughs>
Chris. Oh my god. <laughs>